0: Hello and welcome to Blue Royalty, a London is Blue podcast dedicated to the Chelsea women's team. I am joined today by Rob Prattley. We are gonna have to try not to be too excited because I at least feel very excited, because we are talking about Chelsea's 1-0 win over Lyon. but it is only the first leg, Rob, so I need to not totally lose my head, right?
1: Yeah, you're allowed to I I think the is you're allowed to pop one party popper. <laughs> you like, I just one, and it's got to be one of the ones that isn't too loud.
0: Yeah, okay. This is the quiet party popper episode. Um, yeah, 1-0 yeah. uh, win in Lyon, courtesy of a fantastic finish from Guru Raiden. I'm going to kick off with this tweet from Naz Kinsella, front of the pod. Uh, really impressive control performance, a stunning goal by Guru Raiden and against top opposition, the only disappointment is Millie Bright's injury. Uh, Rob, I was kind of tempted just to have that tweet be the podcast because it sort of sums it all up.
1: Yeah considering some of the performances we've had against Leon, where even when we've had lost by narrow margins, the gap on the pitch has been significant. And it's been due to, you know, exemplary goalkeeping performances or pretty awful finishing performances. We've stayed in the tie. Whereas yesterday, I thought we were full value for it. And to be honest, if you, and I say this, you know, very cautionary, because I know how good Leon can be over 90 minutes. and It's still very possible. They will just come to Stamford and blow us away. But it was very hard yesterday to work out which one of the sides were the team that were known as the Queens of Europe.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think that's true, and I think maybe that's because both teams didn't play at what we we think of as their best. But there was definitely didn't feel like a huge amount to to separate the sides. Um, let's get into some three word match reviews. I will give you a couple of seconds, Rob, to think of yours while I go through some of the Twitter ones. I need to think of mine as well. Um, I'll try and do that as I read out from my script. Clayton coming in at goalie 59 with stunningly good performance. Janique going with the why not us gif. Dan Dormer, if you're listening, get more of those shirts printed. Why not us? Uh, Caden Charpentier going with Scott runs midfield. Amy says Erin is back. Damien Marshall, payback part one or one despite break. Both are good, and Samak Laban going with the only halfway there. That's the party popper.
1: One, yeah, I mean Just
0: one party popper.
1: I went for my one of halfway there, and I think it. You know, it. It's so. It's one of those games because it isn't a group stage match, and there isn't. You know, there wasn't a three points to be earned from it. You have to take it in sort of perspective. But I will say the other one that I was tempted to use was Monkey off back, because I think we saw it with Wolfsburg a few years ago. Chelsea got that positive result against Wolfsburg and then the next game they played them they were able to play them with less fear and play them without the fear and stigma and previously that's been one of the main things when we played Leon. there's been a problem and we might now see you know that monkey come off the back next week
0: yeah I think that's a really good point you know that that run to the final in the in the Champions League two seasons ago definitely felt like there was a lot of ghosts being kind of exorcised as we uh we made our way through the stages and you know having okay We've not played Leon a huge amount, so but obviously there is the the reputation, um, you know, the nature of the the previous loss. The, I think the frustration of, of the previous loss really, um, you know, to go to the Group Armor to get the win. Hey, obviously, you know, we've seen other teams do that recently this season, but um, very very important thing to do. Uh, I'm going to go with Wrighton's right foot because who knew. She had another one all along. What a trickster!
1: It's a bit scary, I think, for other sides the fact that you know they finally got to grips with trying to deal with Wrighton's left foot, and then Wrighton <laughs> revealed, "Hey, I've actually got a right foot as well."
0: So now she can go around the outside and cut in.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's just it, yeah, it's a bit like with Lauren James when I remember seeing—I can't remember one of the defenders saying they'd worked out how to deal with Lauren James, you know, going on the outside, and then in the next game she just decided to go on the inside and score past them. I think it was against um, Aston Villa. And one of the Villa defenders said they were used to Lauren Jobe going down the wing. And the next game, she just did the exact opposite. And I are like, yeah, not very fair on you, is it?
0: <laughs> no, I mean, I love it. I love seeing everyone kind of come up clutch. Um, yes, for anyone who doesn't know, we are talking about the game against Leon that took place Wednesday, the 22nd of March in the Champions League at the Group armor Stadium in Leon. 1-0 win for Chelsea. Goura and getting the only goal in the 28th minute. Rob Let's talk about the lineup. So we had AKB in Goal, Millie Bright and Kesha Buchanan, with Jess Carter and Eve Parrett say either side. Sophie Ingle, Melly Lopatz, and the returning Aaron Cuthbert as our midfield three, with Rice and Kurt and James up front. You tweeted when this lineup came up that you were like, "This is the one."
1: Yeah, I mean, I-, I was personally very thrilled with myself because I'd done an interview with the Progress the day before, and I'd predicted ten of the eleven starters. And I was very pleased that, you know, I'd managed to get in the head. The only one I got wrong was I thought they'd go for Fleming in the midfield. But then I forget the fact that Melanie Leopold's is sort of fit again. Like, it's one of those things It kind of, it's such a nice surprise every single time. It's a bit like when you buy a box of chocolates and you're expecting six chocolates in the box and you get seven every time I see Melanie Leopold in there. And I'm reminded, hang on, we've got a world-class midfielder in her peak back at the club. And I think, you know, for a long, long time, people forgot how good. Liverpool's is I didn't necessarily think it was one of her best games but I think in general just the fact that she the fact that she's even back playing now at this moment in time and like you know starting and the fact that I'm saying you know I thought the performance was okay but I know the standard she can sort of get to and I think she said it in her own interviews like it's just such a such a good but yeah I thought this was the this was the side I looked at you know I personally love Erin Cuthbert in the number 10 role like I was a big advocate at the beginning of the season I said I want to see more of that and this is also partly one of my arguments why I'm not against Chelsea buying another top midfielder in the summer because I think people forget quite how good Cuthbert is as an attacking force and I think you saw it in that game
0: yeah I, I definitely agree Cuthbert was the one that kind of surprised me because I like you thought Jesse Fleming would start and obviously we didn't really have any idea as to how fit Erin was going to be and I think the answer is not very fit although yeah. you wouldn't have known it from from how she played but that is the nature of Erin Cuthbert um I guess the other thing to like touch on the maybe the notable absentee even though it was expected and she did then actually play was the decision to not play Magda Eriksson. Um obviously you know she came on for that Millie Bright injury so she basically played just over a half of football but it was the right call right to play Jess instead of instead of Magda at left back.
1: Yeah, I mean I've been sort of championing Jess Carter all season. I got a lot of pelters from United fans a couple of weeks ago when I went on one of their podcasts and did a combined eleven and I fought very hard for Jess Carter over Hannah Blundell. And I said the reason being is that you'll see it on Sunday is that Jess Carter will shut your attack down. Uh, there's a reason why you know we sing it never beat Jess Carter. And I sort of said this to someone else that I think Jess Carter's one of those players people look at and because she isn't a big flashy star like some of the other names, people just sort of forget what a good player she's been and how consistent she's become. And the fact you've got Lauren Hemp, who to me is one that is the best one bolt for one winger in the league, saying that she doesn't like playing against Jess Carter. The fact Beth Mead says that going against Jess Carter in training is one of the hardest things to do. When you've got players of that calibre sort of doing it. And I think you saw it again in this game where she was up against a very difficult customer in Ellie Carpenter, who I appreciate is only now still coming back from injury herself. But I think it's fair to say a few years ago, if you would have said Ellie Carpenter versus... Jess Carter, there would have only been one winner and I thought Carter completely dominated that wing and especially in the second half I thought some of her front foot defending was brilliant and in reality we should have made more of some of the passes in behind down the channel that she played because she had Carpenter in that really difficult position as a fullback where you don't know whether you want to commit forward and bomb forward because you leave space in behind and then there's right to exploit it but at the same time you want to try and get forward and support your attack and I I thought, you know, she put in a phenomenal performance. And again, it will not surprise me to learn she is going to be my player of the match later on. But I thought she was, you know, I thought she was phenomenal. And on the other side, I actually have to say uh, Perisay. Perisay is one of those footballers that increasingly, I'm realising, she falls into the category of that when she's playing, you don't necessarily always notice it. But when she's absent, you really, really notice it. She is so good at occupying that space as the fullback and also dovetailing really well. With well, Lauren James, I like when she steps forward. And the biggest thing with Perisay is she always looks to pass forward. She's so constantly looking up and scanning and trying to move the ball out and be progressive. And a lot of the time in the past, Chelsea have had issues where they've constantly gone back and forth to the goalkeeper and back and forth, and it just draws defenders in. Whereas Perisay, because she's always looking for that forward pass, it doesn't always come off, you know, but increasingly it's starting to see it more and more. And if you can start maybe getting a ping that ball in behind that channel to Lauren James a bit more, then it's going to be really, really horrendous for defenders because James is so quick and so strong. And then if you've got the opportunity potentially going inside or outside and Perisay on the overlap, and we haven't really seen as much from an attacking force, I think, from Perisay this season, but she is such a good crosser of the ball. And inevitably, there'll be some game, you know, some point where we will see Perisay as a full attacking force and she'll get one or two assists very easily.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I just think it sums up how much maybe stuff has changed in this team that, you know, you've just spoken, like, for a couple of minutes justifiably about how good both of our fullbacks were uh, defensively, um, which is a much nicer place to be in. Let's just quickly look at the stats. Uh, Leon had 15 shots to Chelsea's 10, but only the two of theirs were on target to our four. 53% possession to our 47%, five fouls to our two. We picked up two yellow cards. Um, They had two offsides to our... (laughs) Slightly bizarre one. Uh, <laughs> eight corners for them, two for us, and an XG of 1.2 for Leon to Chelsea's 0.4. I will say, I think that XG is a bit inflated for Leon because they gave, Opta gave Eugenie Le Sommet's little chip or attempted chip 0.4, which I felt was quite, I don't think it was that good a
1: chance. That feels generous considering that Cannerid's one, I thought, which was a similar style chance in that it wasn't really a chance at all. I, one thing I will say that was really pleasing yesterday, and again, I, you know, people should clip this because I rarely do it. I thought the refereeing was phenomenal yesterday. <laughs> I thought that they were brilliant. They didn't interrupt play. They were trying to let it flow. They weren't falling for... Because early on, there were a lot of players going down far too cheaply. The referee was trying to let it go. They were playing advantages. I thought the two yellow cards we got were justified. I have to say, I think that Leon did have one similar challenge that should have been a yellow. But considering that's the only thing I can think of, I thought that bizarrely a lot of people seem to think the referee should have given a penalty to Leon for Marajan running into Perisay. I thought the referee again got spot on, um, yeah. and you know I, I'm not really you sure. You can why see
0: Perisay gets the ball first as well.
1: Well, that and also someone was saying, well, she's in the way. Well, it's not as if she's going to suddenly just step out the way. It's like, here, Marijan go yeah. through. You know, one on one. I didn't really get that. It was hard.
0: a fifty. It was a fifty fifty, and I think if Perisay gets nowhere near the ball. Maybe you say, like, you know, it's a bit like when goalkeepers come out. If you don't get a touch yeah. on the ball, you can't just run into a player. But Pre- if you that. push the ball around a player, then you're justified in going in for the challenge.
1: Yeah, pr- precisely that. But, yeah, I, I thought the refereeing was immense. I think, you know, a lot, I hope that referee is doing the second leg. Um, and, I, you know, again, it was one of those situations where the fact that a lot of the time I didn't even notice they were on the pitch and I was actually focused on the actual match. And that is a, such a promising thing, considering that during the Arsenal game, I think, you know, 90% of the headlines are about the refereeing. The Wolfsburg PSG game was 90% of the headlines about the refereeing and the VAR. Obviously, the Barcelona-Roma game wasn't like that, thankfully. But uh, it was much more interesting to talk about football than it is to talk about the officials.
0: Yeah, and that is what we like to see, unlike, I think, some of the other Champions League quarterfinals. Just going to finish off this section here with a stat from... Hat London blue pod. Um, great guys there. Chelsea women are still unbeaten in the Champions League after seven games. Mentality monsters. We've conceded the fewest goals as well. Loving life defensively. Honestly, who are we? All right. We will talk a bit more about um, what I've termed as parcours uh, le boost after this ad break. So, Rob, I think this was kind of the game plan we expected, a sort of iteration on United. I'm seeing it as deciding to avoid Leon's press by just smashing it over their heads, trying to win second balls, relying on the pace of Brighton and James, and we had the opportunity to counterattack. I guess the main difference from... The United game was we weren't able to. Leon weren't naive to the idea that Sam Kerr was going to maybe try and run through them, um, and so we didn't really get to see as much of that. But this was felt very classic Emma Hayes and Chelsea.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I, I personally, I thought the tactics were really sort of smart tactics. I think Leon perhaps expected Chelsea to come and try and play a bit more football. In the past, that's what Chelsea have done against Leon, And it's also what Arsenal tried to do at the Emirates against Leon, and tried to make it very much a footballing game. And I think Chelsea were more interested in making it a physical side. I will say that I think one of the big things that's different this year from the previous Champions League run, especially with Sam Kerr, is that previously when Sam Kerr wasn't scoring, she wasn't really involved at all. I thought Kerr had one of those very, very good games for a striker, despite not really having many clear-cut chances, because she was able to occupy those defenders and she was up against some very good defenders and it became very very clear that people like Renard weren't able to step out and support the fullbacks or were able to step out as much because they were constantly focused on where Kerr was I will admit I do think at times Kerr made some poor decisions certainly that one where she charged through and had a chance to lay it off the Lauren James who could have you know had a free run Instead, she tried to test Wendy Renard for pace and strength which was not a great decision. But I think, you know, I, I think Chelsea got, yeah, I think they got the tactics right. I was really pleased to see us trying the balls in behind against Leon because that's something that Arsenal had real success with and something that Leon don't really face domestically. There isn't really that quality in the league to cause them problems. And yeah, I, I think Chelsea, yeah, I think they got the tactics spot on.
0: Yeah, some interesting comments from Emma afterwards as well. She said, We've been working in the last few games to really get back to our core. We pride ourselves in defending in a certain way. Sometimes when you try and be a bit more expansive, you end up conceding a little bit more. You can't have it both ways. Um, the personnel we have is better suited to being really compact. The Manchester United performance tonight is more in line with who we are. I feel like all of this was just like, okay, I tried to play some nicer football because maybe I thought that's that would be fun, and we're not very good at it, so like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> but
1: basically, Emma. But basically, what I read this is between the lines, but. People told me I needed to play like Pep Guardiola. I tried to play like Pep Guardiola. Turns out my defenders don't like being Pep Guardiola. <laughs> and I, know, I I am very much in the school of thought that there is a lot placed on nowadays on playing out from the back and pretty patterns of stuff out from the back. I am very much of the view that my defenders are there to defend and my attackers are there to attack. And if the defenders, all they want to do is play simple, nice passes out and let the midfield and the attack do the work, it's fine. I appreciate that probably a lot of football purists will be, you know, unsubscribing at this very moment and sending me, you know, angry hate mail. But I do think that a lot is made of playing out and sort of, you know, being able to do that. And while I think it is a great thing, there are so many games and goals I can think of this season from Chelsea men and Chelsea women that have been caused by self-destruction by not being good enough to do it. Now, obviously, there is an argument, do you improve? Do you do it, you know, more? But against a side like Lyon that do press so well, and like, you know at times I thought their off the ball press at times in the first half was phenomenal. Like it was one of those things that you, from a tactical point of view, I've tried to appreciate a bit more this season. And I thought some of the way they closed down angles and made it difficult to do it was very good. But equally, in situations like that, sometimes just clearing the ball isn't the worst thing you can do because there's always a chance that the defender up the other end, you know, you've got the jeopardy if they take a full touch or one of your wingers you know, anticipates it first, a bad bounce, a silly pass from them. You, you aren't going to concede if the ball is in the other person's half. And I think at times that's something we've maybe forgotten a little bit in this season.
0: Yeah, I can see it both ways. I think... My concern would be is looking at some of this passing accuracy. So this was our lowest passing accuracy this season, 6-7%, with the exception of United, which was 59%. So it is very much a hit and hope policy. You know, it was like relentless long balls. I think AKB played like 33 long balls or something. And I think just the problem is, is that if you're going to do that, that's fine. But you also need to find ways to hold onto the ball in other areas of the pitch. And I think we were lucky that Leon came down to our level in that sense in a lot of ways and that they got quite rattled by some of our off-the-ball work and they equally weren't great with some of their passing. You know, especially that first 20 minutes was very... The ball is made of lava type football, you know. Everyone was misplacing their passes. There were lots of turnovers. We did then settle down and I think by the time we reached the second half we looked much more in control so that when we were playing the ball long, we were stringing together three or four passes, which we didn't really have in the kind of early stages of the match.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, again, it's a confidence thing. I think it would have been quite something to go in at Leon at halftime and for them to go in and actually be like, yeah, we're leading in Leon," Because previously Chelsea haven't experienced that. And it sounds silly, but it is a mental thing. Even the best footballers do, you know, have it from a mental perspective and do. the issue In the same way, you know, for AS Roma, it would have been a huge shot in the arm to go in at half-time at only being 1-0 down against Barcelona, considering the way people were writing them off. Now, obviously, I think Chelsea... I sort of said it to the journalists. I thought Chelsea could score in Leon. I thought it'd be very, very hard to see them keeping a clean sheet away from home. And I think certainly in the second half, some of the counter-attacking play, I think the big, you know, what if will be, what if Chelsea could have made better on those chances? Because they did have some very not necessarily clear-cut chances, but some very good opportunities to create clear-cut chances that they maybe didn't necessarily take.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, but obviously, I think part of what did calm us down was Guru's goal. Um, where do we start this, Rob? Because, you know, we can talk about Guru's finish, but the play from Aaron to even get the ball onto Guru's right boot was just quintessential Aaron Cuthbert.
1: Oh, it was beautiful. It's one of those things that I really... There's a really underrated thing about Erin's game, about her ability to pass the ball and her ability to pick a pass. And I don't think people, you know, acknowledge it enough. But so often in big games and key moments, you'll notice she's the one playing that brilliant killer pass and playing it. And yeah, the little nutmeg, I think that was, you know, very typical of her. It was sort of cheeky. It was the sort of thing that, you know, to be honest, I was kind of surprised the player in question didn't just turn around and try and haul her down. And, you know, fair play to being being honest, Um, you know, never a good thing in football, to be honest um but i uh, i think yeah it was a great sort of ball, great ball in and then yeah, as we obviously said right in discovering that she uh, indeed can use both feet it's um pretty scary I, yeah it was one of those goals that just a real sort of high quality goal and to be honest looking at it from a defensive point of view sort of for leon there were things they could have done better but ultimately i don't think it's one of those goals you look at and you say that's real you know poor defending it's just a goal of supreme quality and that's what you want to be conceding in the champions league you want to be conceding goals where you look at them and say, actually, they've had to do something pretty good to score this rather than, actually, we could have stopped this.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's just great to see, I think, that that level of quality from also a player who's not Sam Kerr. You know, we know that there are plenty of players at Chelsea who can do things like this, but it helps that, you know, one of my big takeaways from the game is that, um, I agree with what you said earlier, by the way, that, that Sam's got a lot better at being involved, but that I was like, it wasn't her best, performance i'm like okay i i'm glad we've got that one out the way like hopefully she shows up next week like sweet we we went to leon our most informed player recently didn't have an amazing game and like we still won so that's a win-win um just a couple of tweets here that i enjoyed on this uh before we take another quick ad break uh, seven goals and 17 assists this season for Guru. She is living in her own world. That's from at comp CFCW. And Ollie Glanville uh, writing in saying, I for one am so happy that Goro Royton started tonight. <laughs> Aren't we all, Ollie? Aren't we all? All right. After this ad break, we'll talk a bit more about the rest of the team. So one of the things that sums up this game for me, Rob, is that the player who attempted the most tackles and who won the most tackles was Lauren James. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, honestly, it's one of the things I absolutely love Like, at the start of the season When Chelsea played City in the game, uh, early on in the season And James tore Leo Harvey to bits I thought, hang on, there's something a little bit special coming here And I think, you know, to be honest A lot of people pillory to Harvey for that performance She's now been completely exonerated Because every single fullback that's gone up against Lauren James this year Has had no clue what to do against her and it's been most of the time, it's just been pray, you know, pray that the end product isn't there. Unfortunately, increasingly, Lauren's end product is becoming really, really good. I think it was best typified, and it's so unlucky not to go in the effort that hit the post because just so lackadaisical, a couple of little stepovers, and then just, you know, waved a boot at it. And there was so much quality behind it. And yeah, it just literally made me yelp, to be honest, because I thought it was going to just be one of those phenomenal goals you look at and just think, oh, okay, they've got the ability to do that. And to be honest, I, I, ju- I just think, you know, she's kicked on so, so much this year. I think she's a shoe in for PFA Young Player of the Season. Um, if not, you know, I'd be very, very surprised who takes that accolade off of her. And, I, yeah, I think the big thing is that that quality is always there. But it's now her being able to do it, A, more consistently, and B, also add the other parts to the game. And, you know, I I stand by it. If she can do that on a regular basis and can do that consistently, she will be the best player in the world. You know, it's one of those situations. It's an incredible situation to be in where you look at it. But actually, it's not inconceivable that Chelsea are talking about the best player in the world in four or five years' time. And I know, you know, the other day, we I sort of tweeted about it. That 2025 Ballon d'Or, I, you know, it was semi in jest. But if she keeps kicking on and developing the way that she is... She's just going to become unstoppable.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. And I think, again, you know, her off-ball work, it's not always, like, fully switched on for the whole game, but when it is switched on, it's very, very good. And I think the way, way both James and Ryson were able to support Perissette and Carter was really, really key. And, and not only that, James, because I re-watched the game this morning, and this was something I didn't pick up on so much when I was at the game last night, but the way James was kind of drifting in to help support and overload that midfield area, which we knew was where Leon were going to have that extra player naturally based on their formation. Um, I think that really helped as well because it just meant that Leon had something else to think about. They couldn't just accept that they had like three or four players in that area because suddenly Lauren could could pop up instead. Um, Another player I want to touch on uh, quickly is AKB because... Um, one of the things I was most worried about going to this game was Lyon's aerial threat. If you look at their uh, XG, like in the French League, more than any other team, a massive chunk of it is from set pieces. Like, they're very, very good. They've got very tall players. And I just thought AKB did so well in terms of coming and claiming balls, in terms of punching away, in terms of really, like, dominating the penalty area and the fact that Leon had eight corners and didn't generate a good chance from them. I think there's a lot to thank from from how AKB played. Not to mention the save off Delphine uh, Cascarino to uh, spare Magda Eriksson's blushes.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think it's quite funny you say that about the set pieces because um, again, with one of my sort of new roles, I'm now writing a newsletter for Atta, and one of the things we do is we do the round for the leagues. And I think for the last three weeks, consistently, when I've looked at Leon's goals. At least one of them has been for a set piece. And at least one of them has been that same near post corner and then that looping header in at the, at, the, at, the, at the near post. And I was like, hang on, this could be quite popular. But yeah, I think I think Berg had a great game. I think it was one of those games where apart from that save Cascarino, she didn't necessarily have to make a lot of saves. But it was just the overall quality was, you know, very, very good. And the thing about a top goalkeeper is you want them in those big moments to step up in those big moments, be counted. And I think you did see this to an extent at the other end with Endler as well. There were a couple of very good chances for Chelsea that Emler may look very, very easy because that's what top goalkeepers do. And that's what, you know, supreme goalkeepers do. And I think it was important from a Chelsea perspective for a good showing from Berger because it often, that sort of sets the way the defence goes. And I think it was very early on she came out and claimed one of the early corners. And I thought that's, you know, that's just going to add so much confidence because if you've got a keeper who's coming out and doing that and dominating it, suddenly it makes it so much easier for the defenders to focus on the actual defensive work when they know the keeper's really on form.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, okay. So let's, let's touch on, I think we've t- talked a lot about some of the good stuff and there is good stuff, I think, mixed into to this next section that I want to talk about, but let's talk about Millie Bright's injury and kind of Magda coming on and and maybe what that looks like going forward for the team over the next couple of games. Um reading from the athletic here, Chelsea centre back Millie Bright wander scan on Thursday, that's today, after sustaining a knee injury during the Champions League final. Twenty-nine-year-old defender described the injury as just a niggle but had to be withdrawn following a challenge on Leon Winger, Delphine Cascarino. Um Millie said I'm good obviously just can't take risks can't be selfish in those moments we have a deep enough squad for players to come on and yes I'm great I'll obviously have to get assessed and we'll go from there it's just a niggle in my knee we don't know the ins and outs yet so we'll have to see um so I mean definitely playing it down but equally I don't think if you're seriously worried you talk necessarily like this um but obviously it was a big blow how did you feel when we realized Millie was gonna have to go off
1: Mm, well, uh, I mean, certainly the noise that I made was not a particularly happy one. I would describe it as being the equivalent of when you get told you're going to get punched by a heavyweight boxer. Um, was probably the equivalent noise. I Yeah, I think it was a big blow. I, I think, again, as I've said before, Amelia Bright is the best defensive defender in the WSL. Uh, and I think she's one of those players that's kicked on so much in the last few years and become such a big leader for Chelsea, such a key player. I think she dovetails really well with Buchanan as well. And I think that was a big sort of thing for um, yesterday. Obviously what she's saying here, it sounds like it's just a niggle, which, you know, hopefully hopefully it's a later Erberdorf niggle. And that basically means that, you know, she'll be recovering miraculously to play this weekend against Manchester City. But I will also say, although Magda did obviously make that mistake, She did also have one very good block a few moments beforehand from uh, the header from Marijan, no, from Lindsay Horan that looked like it was looping in. And I thought generally she did come on and play quite well. I know people will look at the, you know, big mistake and obviously that is a big moment, but ultimately Chelsea weren't punished for it. So you kind of have to have that, you know, element of leniency. And I do think that Chelsea also helped by the fact that Buchanan on Champions League nights does seem to you know just become a brick wall and it's it's kind of confusing that Buchanan at times in the WSL does look quite nervous and looks quite shaky and yet in the Champions League she just looks like thou shall not pass
0: yeah and I mean maybe it's to do with the speed of the games in some ways I actually think compared to the WSL Chelsea's Champions League run has been against quite slow teams you know Real Madrid mm. PSG in the group stages I don't think Leon are particularly an intense team to play against at the moment, especially if you're going to kick long a lot. You're not being pressed by them, and I think in the WSL that speed maybe is something Kadisha Buchanan still getting used to. Um, I know she said in the mixon afterwards that she was feeling very nervous to play back at Leon, um, but she she did really really show her her class, I think, and you know she. It was a reminder as to why people think so highly of her, why Chelsea wanted her. And before, in the preview for this, when I had Yash on, we were chatting about, you know, how much does that Champions League winning mentality matter? But maybe it shows it's not about mentality, but a, a calmness of knowing that you have done it before. Maybe that's the element that we really see come to the fore for Kadisha in Champions League games.
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely that definitely is up there. And the fact that, I think coming back to Leon, she would have had something of a point to prove because obviously she didn't start that Champions League final last year. And like, there's always been a bit of a feeling, certainly from what I'm told internally, that Buchanan feels at times she should have started more for Leon, And, you know, at times was perhaps sort of viewed as a bit of a luxury there. And obviously at Chelsea, it's sort of a bit of the opposite. Um, Sort of, you know, she's viewed as sort of being very integral. And so I think that probably plays into it. But I do definitely think that The point about the speed of game is is very true. And also the fact, I think, that Champions League is less physical. There isn't, you know, as many sort of number nines that are really just in it to sort of make your life miserable. Now, obviously, Leon do have one of those players who can do that, but also, annoyingly, is also very, very, very good at football. But she didn't feature yesterday. That's why it really will be fascinating for me next week to see how... If Ada Hegerberg is fit, you know, I mean, if she'd like to take the night off again, I, you know, I'd be very happy to see her sat in her jacket in the stands at Stamford Bridge. I would, very, I would very much like to, you know, take a photo of that. Um, but I think more realistically, she will be itching to play. I'm told she was very cross to not get on yesterday. I know she's not very happy. She's not a very good loser, which is what you expect of a mentality of a player like that. And I think that will be the real acid test for Buchanan is coming up against a player who, Let's face it, although she's been injured for a significant amount of time, there's no sign in the world that Ada Hergenberg doesn't just walk into and instantly improve. And especially with Leon side that looked impotent at times in and around the box, adding a world class striker back to that, suddenly it can change fortune significantly.
0: Yeah, definitely. But look, guys, I tried to say in the preview that we didn't need to worry about Ada. I didn't know <laughs> it was because she wouldn't play. Tactical, I did suspect I, I did suspect she might not play. Um, but I was a bit surprised she didn't get any minutes. Like what the point where I twigged they'd made five subs, I was like, "Hang on a yeah. minute, well, she's yeah. not getting
1: I, on." It was quite funny that when that happened because again, I I must admit I almost thought for Emma Hayes's from the mind games perspective she might put harder on the bench even though she clearly isn't fit enough to play. I thought from a mind games perspective she might just end up there. Turns out she was just out there to be our social media manager, which is you know quite exciting in its own right you've got
0: to earn your your fee some somehow well, on, exactly. when you've been injured yeah.
1: for so long you know exactly but I, I i was really surprised that they didn't bring her on but also at the same time i can kind of understand it from sonia van Pastor's perspective if she brought ada on ada you know come on say late on and picked up a silly knock or you know a muscle sprain or whatever and ruled her out of the second leg that would have been a huge blow whereas at least in this case you've now got the mental side of it i believe Leon play
0: they've got Gangomp.
1: Yeah, on the Gangomp on the weekend who are lowly, as I described in my you know in my preview, I described them as a lowly side. I think they will rotate significantly, annoyingly. Um obviously we play Manchester City, which means we can't really afford another
0: lowly side.
1: Oh, uh, don't say that. You know <laughs> you know one hundred percent that that has now meant that we're on the end of a bunny shore hatch or something like that. <laughs> But, uh, it, i couldn't resist yeah I, I know it means that we it means that as a result of that we don't have as much luxury sort of to rotate and i yeah I, it's, I, i'm really excited for the second leg but also like it's really exciting me also really nerve-wracking i think it's probably the most nervous i've been about a game since the champions league final um in all honesty due to the nature of the fact that I know quite how good Leon can be, and the fact that even though they had a poor 90 minutes, I know they're the sort of side that can just turn up and blow you away. Ada herself is the sort of striker that even if her side are playing badly, she can just bang a trick in against you in about 20 minutes. But at the same time, you know, especially with the rail strikes being cancelled in England, um, if you don't have a ticket yet, get yourself down to the second leg. There are still tickets available. They are very, very cheap for the quality of the football you're going to see for the quality of the players you're going to see. You might have the added benefit of seeing, you know, Jesse there. You might have the unfortunate unluckiness of seeing me. Um, But, it you know, get down there and support the team because it would be really good to have a proper roaring Stanford Bridge for it. And we saw what a big impact the Champions League atmosphere can make on the Chelsea men's game against Dortmund. Like, I feel the fans were the 12th man in that regard. And again, it'd be amazing if they could do that on Thursday because I do think of Chelsea... Can beat Leon from a mental perspective again. It will give them a huge boost ahead of then what is an e- going to be an equally tough tie, likely against FC Barcelona, and that will be one where again Chelsea will need to exercise demons, and having the mental capacity of you know going into it, off hopefully a positive result against Leon will certainly be a shot in the arm.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, echo everything Rob said. If you can get down Stamford Bridge, please do. We want so much noise to be made. I think we, you know, having a a big atmosphere. We know how much the team take um, from having the fans there. You know, it's part of Vikings Meadow's been been such an amazing venue for the team over the past couple of seasons. We obviously want Stamford Bridge to feel the same. Uh, so yeah, the tickets are very, very reasonably priced. Um, I mean I also got a tweet today from someone I went to uni with who's been following me on Twitter and having no interest in women's football and they're going to their first ever women's football match they said after reading my tweets for years so you know that's the that's the level of excitement we've got we've got going on um, okay Rob let's wrap this all up you've already revealed you're giving your Dan of the Match award to, to Jess Carter
1: yeah, I mean, realistically, there's about nine players that were in the tweet for it, but I will give. We it... We
0: had so many complaints under our tweet, being like, "Why isn't this player here? Why isn't this player uh, yeah, here?" I mean, I and we were re- like, re- "We can't re- 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 put, re- put all eleven. Two of them, to be honest. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's a fair shout. Um, I'm going to go with Aaron Cuthbert just because I felt like the the tenacity, the ability to come back, having not played since the quarter cup final, having only been in training since Monday. And to put in a 60 minutes like she did to create the goal to really help disrupt Leon's midfield. Playing again, also in a position she's not played a load of minutes in this season. I just thought it summed up everything Erin is and and what it means for her to play for Chelsea. Um, Guru Wrighton is narrowly edging Lauren James in in our Twitter poll. Um, perhaps unsurprisingly, because that goal was very, very good, so equally deserved. If Guru walks away with the public vote, uh, elsewhere in the Champions League, Bayern beat Arsenal one 0 Barcelona beat Roma one nil, and Wolfsburg beat PSG one nil. So lots of binary score lines, leaving a lot on the table for next week. What what did you make kind of of those other games, Rob? Where do you think where do you think everyone stands ahead of the second
1: legs? To be honest, I think all of the away sides will be happy. Even though Arsenal lost their game, I think they'll be happy to take 1-0 back to the Emirates um, in a game that was mired in controversy. Barcelona will be happy to take 1-0 back against Roma, who I do think you know, Roma acquitted themselves very, very well and they were unlucky not to come away with it with at least a goal. Obviously, we know Chelsea are very happy about going against Leon. The Wolfsburg-Paris Saint-Germain match reminds me once again why there is utterly no point in referees making decisions on the pitch because you'll just get overruled. Um, I will say I thought Rebecca Welch, who refereed that, I thought she refereed it very, very well. I and mean, she was unlucky to be the first referee to get an overcut turned pull in the UWCL this season. I thought the first penalty was a penalty. Um, I thought the second one was a penalty. She had no choice but to send down um, Ada off. But I, I think the fact they're all 1-0 scoreline shows the fact that it is really competitive at this stage and I, when I tweeted that when the draw was made I wasn't really looking much into the draw because you were going to play at least one or two elite sides on the way to the final and maybe one of a very very good side if you're not playing three elite sides this is the Champions League for a reason and we're past the stage of, with no disrespect to them because it is qualification you know qualifying for the group stage in your own right was successful the likes of Vlasny and Zurek. we're past the stage where it's a case you go into a game and it's how many are you going to score we're now at the stage where it is you know Small margins matter.
0: Yeah, definitely, and yeah, it's great to see. I think all of the the legs. So, bleh, let me sell. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and it's great to see. You know, such even first legs leaving everything to play for. It's been a long time since I felt. You know, oh, all of these games are really interesting to watch in their own right. I will put interesting in scare quotes there because I did watch PSG Wolfsburg, and that is. <laughs> time of my life i will never get back um all right so coming up for chelsea we do head to man city on sunday Oof, like it doesn't get any easier but the good news is we are almost at the end of march so man city on sunday leon on thursday at stanford bridge And then Aston Villa away, we're playing in April. And that will take us to the international break. We did draw Villa in the FA Cup away. Man United have got Brighton. So we're all set up to smash Man United at Wembley, I reckon. Um, Fingers crossed on that one. Uh, After Villa in the FA Cup semi-final, we have Leicester and West Ham. So a bit of a reprieve after the international break. Um, Rob, thank you very much for joining me yeah project. Um, so we will be back on Sunday obviously after the City game um, as we always are to round it all up until then Chelsea fans you know what to do keep the blue flag flying high